We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. From KQED. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. The killings of eight people in Georgia, six of them Asian-American women, are intensifying fears already heightened here in California by an increase in racist attacks against Asian-Americans. CNN is also now reporting that, according to Atlanta investigators, the killer was on his way to Florida, possibly to carry out more killings. As families and communities in Georgia grieve today, We look at the broader toll the incident is taking amid a documented increase in anti-Asian hate crimes. And joining me first is Cynthia Choi, co-executive director of Chinese for Affirmative Action and co-founder of Stop AAPI Hate. Cynthia Choi, thanks so much for being on today. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I just want to start by asking how you are doing. I know that for so long you have been looking at the data and documenting this increase in anti-Asian hate crimes, hate incidents, and just your reaction to the events of yesterday. Well, it has been a a difficult evening, and um, today has been especially hard, um, learning about uh, more of the facts around the case and connecting with community leaders across the country. So um, thank you for asking. Um, The days ahead, I think, are going to continue to be really difficult for our community. Stop AAPI Hate happened to release new data just yesterday as well. And there were a couple of findings that really jumped out at me in light of yesterday, that the hate incidents you document are so disproportionately happening to women and often at businesses. Can you talk about some of these findings? Sure. Um, I think it's really important for me to express on behalf of, of the you know, larger community that we want to first express our deepest condolences for the families who are mourning the loss of their loved ones. And uh, we are across the country and locally, the communities um, trying to serve those who are most impacted want to make sure those families receive the full range of support, you know, during this critical time. You know, these reported shootings of multiple Asian American women in Atlanta is the unspeakable tragedy that I think many of us feared working on this issue um, for as long as we have. And um, as you noted, uh, we just released our report Um, We are um, at close to um, or over uh, 3,800 incidents coming from all over the country. And it is striking that in our data, we are showing that uh, women are likely to report two times more often than men that they experienced uh, being verbally and physically um, harassed. And so this speaks to uh, the fact that um, during this time where COVID is being racialized, um, it was also weaponized to um, sexually harass um, Asian women. We're joined now by Nancy Wang Yun, sociologist and author 
whose books include Real Inequality, Hollywood Actors, and Racism. Nancy Wong Yun, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I was just talking with Cynthia Choi about the data released yesterday, and I wonder if what you make of this intersection with these hate incidents, gender and, and class here as well, especially in yesterday's incident. Well, I think that, um, you know, that it's easy to target the most vulnerable um, immigrants. You know, if they don't speak the language, it's harder for them to speak up and fight back. And, and certainly women um, who are in these industries are, you know, are seen as, and perhaps stereotypes as, as, as women who are there to serve. And, and so the, the, the many intersect, intersecting identities um, make it um, definitely um, a complex, a more complex hate crime. And I think that for, um, you know, for kind of messages to come out that it's, it's not a racial issue, I think it's very short-sighted and, you know, people are, are thinking that you, it can only be one or the other, but for Asian women, it has long been an intersectional issue. Yes. And also, I, I noticed that you were responding to about what we're seeing in this case, this impulse of the media, of the police to separate basically racism and the killer's reported sex addiction as practically a defense to the hate crime. Can you talk about this and why it's problematic? Well, certainly in terms of um, understanding um, how how hate crimes can function, and especially, again, like um, Cynthia just shared that women, Asian women have been reporting, you know, two times more um, hate, hate uh, incidents happening to them. And so I think that the misunderstanding and also perhaps um, letting someone off for, um, for having a sex addiction, addiction that doesn't sound like a hate crime because, oh, everybody, you know, knows what that is. And, you know, hate crime is so much more serious. It's, um, it's, a, it's just, again, I think not, uh, not taking to task something that is uh, always multi-layered when it comes to women of color. And again, Nancy Wong Yun is a sociologist and author, and Cynthia Choi is also with us, co-executive director, director of Chinese for Affirmative Action and co-founder of Stop AAPI Hate. And you, our listeners, if you'd like to share how you are processing all of this or what you think needs to be done to amplify the experiences of Asian Americans and stop anti-Asian violence and racism, you can call us at 866-733-6786. You can post your comments or thoughts on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum, or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. Cynthia Choi, as, as we're touching on with Nancy Wang Yun, analysts, some of the mainstream media will try to parse whether these were, mo were racially motivated killings or sexually motivated killings, as if one even negates the other. And even hearing, you know, what feels like moving towards centering the killer, as we heard Georgia authorities talking about how the accused has or the suspect had a really bad day. Um, but no matter what, there is no denying that this will have an impact on Asian American communities already reeling as Stop AAPI Hate described it yesterday from overt racial discrimination. And I'm wondering what concerns you have about how this is further traumatizing communities. Well, you know, um, as the facts of the case are emerging, um, it's important not to rule out racism. Um, very concerned that law enforcement is leading with this narrative that it's um, likely not racially motivated. Um, and this is based on, you know, the, the shooter's words. Um, uh, we're troubled at that immediacy of that denial. And 
Um, the fact is that six Asian American women are dead. Uh, these were businesses that were targeted, Asian-owned businesses. Uh, my understanding is that the shooter was uh, attempting to, um, um, to go to Florida and target other businesses. So I, I think that, again, um, as the facts emerge about this incident, it, it is really important to acknowledge the impact that it's having, um, given that we've reported over the past year that Asian Americans have feared for their safety in public spaces, in workplaces, um, on the streets. And I think that um, this is something that's really important you know, to note as well. Um, I also feel as though we need to actually do more centering of the victims and the families who yes. are surviving this tremendous loss at this time. What do we know about their stories. Um, these are um, women who had families, who had loved ones, um, who were just trying to make a living. And we need to hear more of, of those stories emerge at this time as well. Have you seen any recent reports? I had not yet, but wondering if you have seen anything recently that we've learned at all about the victims. Well, I'm learning at the same time as everyone else is yes. around the country. Um, it, it appears as though, um, at least what I saw, four of the women were of Korean descent. Um, and beyond that, um, I don't have any other additional information. Yes, that's what I saw as well, that, the, that Seoul's foreign ministry said this in a statement. Nancy Wong, in similar question to you in terms of I noticed that you felt compelled to reshare your piece in Self Magazine from last May talking about how to care for yourself amid what you describe as this dual pandemic, including the pandemic of anti-Asian racism. Why did you do this? What are your concerns as well in terms of how this is further affecting communities? Well, I think that people are tired. And, and you know, in my piece, I talked about kind of a double whammy where you know, mentally, we have to deal with the pandemic, like everyone else. But on top of that, the Asian American community is coping with the escalating anti-Asian racism, you know, our elders, um, just everyday racism, but now this mass shooting. And I think that uh, self-care and we care is important, but also, you know, preparing ourselves in order to, to speak up and organize and bring awareness, especially in this particular. So thank you for having us talking about how racism and sexism do intersect and we cannot separate them and we cannot let someone off the hook because they're not talking. They're not, they're not saying I'm, I'm a racist or I'm only targeting Asians, but they want to limit it to the gender um, or, or the roles of, uh, you know, uh, the jobs. But, but of course we know that six Asian women are dead and, and these are from three different businesses. So there is a targeting, there is a pattern and we can't ignore that. And the, the exhaustion piece is definitely something that I have been hearing and seeing across social media, just this sense of Asian Americans are exhausted and are sick of all of this. And it just feels like it's been going on on this heightened level for so very long. We've just, come off talking with folks previously about, you know, very graphic videos of violence against Asian American seniors and just the increase in sort of looking over your shoulder and the limiting of 
people's movements and and now this. I'm wondering, Nancy Wong Yun, what you personally have found helpful in this time in terms of just, yeah, going through this, this escalation. Yeah, so in my piece, I talk about and personally putting in practice, um, getting off social media, you know, sometimes taking a break from the news um, and talking with other um, co-ethnic Asian American women, women of color who understand and um, safe spaces where you can share because it's really important to share your feelings and not be denied and not, you know, get re-traumatized because someone doesn't think it's racism or doesn't think it's sexism. Um, and so I think those are, those are really important and also just, you know, doing things that are pleasurable and, um, and then also, you know, looking up resources and sharing them and becoming empowered and, and fighting back. So all these things are different ways that people can, and that I have also implemented in my own life. Like I'm here talking to you, even though it's hard, right? Because, um, it's, I understand that it's important to be empowered as well and to empower others who may be listening. And again, we're talking with Nancy Wong Yun, sociologist and author whose books include Real Inequality, Hollywood Actors and Racism, and Cynthia Choi, co-executive director of Chinese for Affirmative Action and co-founder of Stop AAPI Hate. We're talking about the killings of eight people, six of whom were Asian American women in the Atlanta area last night, and intensifying instances of anti-Asian racism and violence nationwide. And again, if you want to get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum, you can. Or you can email us, forum at kqed.org. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. This was something that I did see posted online from Asians for Mental Health. Dear AAPI family, as you hear the news of the attacks in Atlanta, please sit down. Please give your weary soul time to breathe and catch up. Please turn off your phones and turn inward toward those you love. Please grieve, cry, wail, and exhale. Give your body the space to acknowledge the pain that you have been carrying for so long. Cynthia Choi, I'm struck by some in Atlanta, local officials in Atlanta, basically describing things like how the state has experienced escalating verbal abuse and harassment, which, of course, we have documented Nationwide, you have documented nationwide how there were plaques that were put up at some businesses that said Wuhan plague, how there were cars spray painted in the suburbs with uh, racist slurs. But the other thing that I was hearing was this sense of we're tired of words from Asian American um, community leaders, that they're tired of words and they want to see action. What do you think this action needs to look like? Yes, I, I think that... Um what has been earlier articulated in terms of mental health support um, is critical. It's one of the things that many of us who've been working on this issue have sounded the alarms around that um, this is not a new issue. Um, in fact, um, what we're experiencing is re-traumatizing. And um, it is important to acknowledge that while the entire world um, including the United States, is having a national mental health crisis, Asian American communities are also um, have another layer of mental health um, crises with regard to anxiety and fear. Um, and so one of the things that we have really um, uh, recommended is that we build more uh, community capacity to support uh, victims and survivors of violence and crime, whether it's racially motivated or not. Um, we are pushing for more community-based 
and community-led safety initiatives that really get at the different forms of violence and um, assaults. So as we're talking about today, women uh, experience violence um, in multiple ways, the intersections of that, including our LGBTQ community and the trans community in particular, have also been subjected to hate and animus um, and haven't, for example, been able to rely on law enforcement um, on those matters. And so this has been a time for our community to look at all forms of violence that we have been subjected to. And that includes working with other communities who are also affected by systemic racism. Um, and there has been a movement to move away from an over-reliance on law enforcement approaches, given the conversations that we're having today about abusive policing. And Nancy Wong Yoon, is there anything that you would add to that uh, in terms of, we've talked about sort of the, the self-care aspects of this. We do know that there is a long history of this and Cynthia Choi is talking about organizing with others. Is there anything along the collective action piece of this that you feel like we should also be turning to? Yes, so in my piece, I talk about how after taking collective action, whether, you know, to your capacity, whether it is marching or just sharing resources on social media, whatever it is that people are doing to make sure that you're taking care to um, heal and take time away afterwards in order to, because of this kind of activism takes a toll mentally, um, especially when there's pushback, right? Because we know there's pushback because this is this is bigotry we're talking about. There's always going to be people denying that it exists. And so it's important to then once again, take care of yourself afterwards, you know, finding safe spaces, doing things that have nothing to do with um, with, you know, with having to, to defend oneself, right? And so, so definitely taking care after taking collective acts is important for, for mental health and also sustaining the, the continuation of, of the fight. Well, I, first one, have certainly appreciated, uh, Nancy Wong Yun, the check-ins that you, you send out on social media when you're asking people just how they're doing and acknowledging that that is the case, because you're absolutely right. So much of anti-Asian racism has been sort of looming over it has been has been this this constant either downplaying denial questioning uh, of it and I think it's so important to to acknowledge that because we can internalize it absolutely having to having to justify it um, to so many people, it's it's tiring because it's like, you know, there's the act of racism and, and horror, and then there's the act of having to, to, to prove that it exists because, you know, the model minority stereotype makes it that, oh, Asians are succeeding, whatever, and they're fine, but... Um, but it's, you know, it's something that is really important to take care of oneself. Well, Nancy Wong Yun and Cynthia Choi so appreciate your presence here today. And thanks to Susan Britton for producing this segment. I'm Mina Kim. This is Forum. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. 
Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.